Morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. Wow, it's a full church, even though the weather's been so bad, so well done. Well, this is the ninth uh, sermon in our series, Discipleship Series, and we're continuing to look at the in section. We've been looking at that for the last two or three weeks, and today we're looking at recharging our batteries and living a healthy life. There are dozens of websites, self-help books, magazines and articles about living a healthy life with guidance on things such as diet and exercise and perhaps many of us try to keep up our five a day with our fruit and vegetables and not indulge too much on our pastries and ice cream. But it's not just our bodies that can benefit from a healthy lifestyle because our spiritual lives can also benefit from a reassessment every now and again. God created men and women to live healthy and fruitful lives. Sadly, we know from Genesis that sin entered the world and it affected every area of life. Praise God for our reading in John. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In fact, the Greek phrase behind it means a superabundance of things. So Jesus offers a superabundance of life. So today is an opportunity to take stock of five areas in our lives, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our emotions, and our relationships. And to ask God honestly to help us understand if any of these areas have become depleted and drained and how we can recharge our batteries in that area. And then ask Jesus to enable and empower us to live healthy and fruitful life that God intended. So, first of all, our body. I've recently had a blood test, and <clears throat> oops, my cholesterol is a little bit higher than it should be. So I'm having to take stock of what I eat and drink. I expect many of you are in the same boat. It is important to look after our bodies. Paul emphasizes that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, whom you have from God. A couple of weeks ago when I was speaking, we looked at Ephesians 2.10, which says, You are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. So you are unique as a person, and God loves not just your souls and your spirits, but he loves your bodies too. Genesis tells us that God created human beings in his own image. We are reflections of God's glory. We can reflect his character in the way we love others, our kindness, our faithfulness, and our service. Knowing that we are created in God's image gives us a wonderful basis for true self-worth, based on what God has said, not what we think about ourselves. And if we criticise or downgrade ourselves, we are actually criticising what God has made so beautifully and the abilities that he has given to each one of us. We are all people of worth because we are made in God's image. So we should take care of that image that looks back at us when we look in the mirror each day. And if you've got a smartphone or an iPad, you'll know how often the batteries run down and need recharging. It's annoying, but it's a fact of life. 
So how full or empty is our physical battery this morning? How is our sleep patterns? Are we exercising regularly? Is our diet healthy and well-balanced? Originally, God gave every seed-bearing plant and trees with fruit and every green plant for food. It was only later that people started eating meat. The Bible, in fact, tells the story of Daniel and his three friends who, after 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, were in much better health and much better nourished than the other young men who had been given the king's rich food and wine. So are there issues that we need to check up on, on our general health? Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. So surely God isn't going to deny me Morley's donuts, which are the best in the Medway towns. But they're probably not very beneficial for my cholesterol levels. One of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And perhaps we sometimes ignore the Holy Spirit when he whispers, Don't eat that donut! Our physical life comes from God, who created us in his own image. So, are we glorifying God with our bodies? That's a question to ask ourselves. The next word is mind. A verse from Philippians 3, 18 and 19 covers both our bodies and our minds. Paul says, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their mind is on earthly things. And what we put into our minds determines what comes out in our words and actions. A burglar, for instance, has a thought in his mind that he'll go and rob somebody and he goes and does it. He he responds to what he's put in his mind. Proverbs 23, verse 17, in the authorised version says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Paul was way ahead of his time in telling us in Philippians 4 to program our minds with thoughts that are true and pure and honourable and lovely and worthy of praise. He tells us to think about these things because he understood the influence that one's thoughts can have on one's lives and our actions and the way we live. So perhaps we are having trouble with impure thoughts or we're having daydreams that wander into forbidden areas. We need to remind ourselves that we sometimes put harmful things into our minds through the medium of television, the internet, books, movies and magazines. The mother of a teenage girl was busy preparing vegetables for a salad when the girl casually mentioned to her mother that she was going to a questionable movie that evening. The mother suddenly picked up a handful of the peelings and threw it on the salad. Mother, the shocked girl replied, you're putting rubbish in the salad. I know, said the mother, but I thought that if you didn't mind putting rubbish in your thoughts, you wouldn't mind a little in your stomach. The way to counteract such insidious thoughts is to keep focusing on the word of God and especially to memorise scripture, replacing harmful input with wholesome material. And Colossians 3 gives us more insight. Set your minds 
on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And another highly significant and powerful verse is Romans 12, verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or another version says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul affirms this powerful little verse. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ? Be transformed. The whole purpose of this discipleship course is to see ways in which we can be transformed into God's likeness so that we can start reflecting his image back into the world. His image. Change from one degree of glory to another. Like those transformer cars that I know Jaden plays with. He's got one that changes from a car to a robot with a few quick twists. And what about the rubric cube? You've got different colours and on different faces of the cube, but in the hands of a skilled person with a few swift twists and turns, each face is complete with one colour. Have you ever seen Martin do it? I've seen him stand at the back there and whisk, 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 and it's done. And that's the secret. In a skilled hand, in the skilled hand of our Heavenly Father, our minds can be transformed if we let him. So do we need to recharge our spiritual, uh, sorry, our mental batteries, our thought life, our beliefs about God and ourselves? One ver- our verse from Luke's gospel gives us the secret to a healthy mind, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. And then love your neighbour as yourself. And in fact, one of the first songs that Richard and the group are going to lead us in in the administration is, May the mind of Christ my Saviour dwell in me from day to day. You could make that your prayer this morning. So, in the light of the transforming power of God's word, are we glorifying God with our mind? And then there's the spirit. One dictionary defines the spirit as the human spirit is the seat of emotions and character, the soul. It's the non-physical part of a person regarded as their true self and is capable of surviving physical death. The Bible says the human spirit is the very breath of God and was breathed into man at the beginning of creation. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. God's breath giving life to our bodies and when we die, the life force returning to God again. Our future is in safe hands. In Ezekiel 11, God promises his people to give them an undivided heart and to put a new spirit within them. And later on in Joel, 
God promises to pour out his spirit on all his people. So we have been given the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to be joined with our spirits. The Holy Spirit comes in and there that wonderful word transformation is evident again as our spirits are revived and restored by the Holy Spirit. And we can live a spiritual life as well as living this physical life in this world. So how full or empty is our spiritual battery? Are we running on empty? Are we relying on spiritual truths we learned years and years ago? Do we need to refresh our spirits? How is our walk with God, our prayer life, our Bible reading and study, our worship and our ability to hear God? Are we bearing fruit spiritually? Or do we need to allow the Lord to prune us, as Jesus talked about in John chapter 15? And do we have any inkling of the sort of things that deplete us spiritually? And what do we need to do to stay spiritually full? And do we realise the importance of being spiritually strong because we are all needed to fight God's spiritual battles in the heavenly realms? So, are we glorifying God with our spirits? And then we come to the word emotion. The dictionary defines emotion as a feeling such as happiness, love, anger, joy, hatred, trust, surprise. There's so many definitions which can be caused or influenced by the situations we are in or the people we are with. God has created emotions to be part of our character because he has them too. We are told in the Bible that God grieved for 40 years over the disobedience of his people. And Nehemiah tells us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So we have two opposites there. And Jesus certainly exhibited many emotions as we read about both his anger and his weeping at the death of Lazarus and the full measure of his joy that he promises to give us in John 17. And in the Psalms, we read about all the different emotions that people talked about, their fears and worries as they battled with their enemies or disasters, the grief they felt at their own sin, the joy they recognized in entering God's presence, the trust they had in God, and the love they received from him. So how is our emotional health today? We may have difficult situations or difficult people to deal with, but inwardly, are we experiencing the joy of the Lord? Is there a sense of expectation and peace? Are we aware of what depletes our emotional batteries and what do we need to do to stay emotionally full? Paul reiterates that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, are we glorifying God with our emotions? And then there's relationships. We started this talk by looking at our own physical bodies and how to take care of them. Now it's time to focus on our relationships with one another in another body, 
the body of Christ, because we as the church are his body. Relationships are very important. We need to have people to connect with, to associate with, to feel close to. Jesus could have been a lone prophet wandering up and down the streets and hills of his area, preaching and teaching just on his own. But he chose to form close relationships with 12 men and many other followers beside. When we are in relationships, we learn how to give and take. We learn how to share. We learn how to support one another. Relationships mean we have to learn to compromise sometimes, to give way to the other person, to put that other person first. But relationships help develop our characters and give us opportunities to use the gifts and fruit of the Spirit. That's why the church is called the body of Christ. In Romans 12, Paul teaches that just as our own bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one complete body and we all belong to each other. And the gifts God has given to each one of us are for the whole body's benefit, to be blessed for everybody. An article I read about Tear Fund in light of the recent disclosures over inappropriate behaviour in various charities said, We believe broken relationships lie at the very heart of this world's poverty. Broken relationships lie at the heart of this world's poverty, and I don't think they just mean physical poverty. Tear Fund feel it's their calling to restore broken relationships, and surely it should be our calling to restore broken relationships as well. So how are the key relationships in our lives? Our spouses, our families, children, parents, friends, co-workers? Are there areas where relationships are strained or are they thriving? Is there anyone we need to forgive or anyone we need to challenge? And are we clear on the boundaries that should be in place in our relationships with one another? So, are we glorifying God with our relationships? If we truly believe that we have been made in God's image, and if we truly love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and strength and mind, then we will want to grow more and more like him. So it won't be a hardship to reassess these five areas this morning. Yes, it may take desire and determination, but I pray that each one of us will honestly come before God and ask him if any of these five areas are drained or empty and ask him what actions do we need to take to recharge our bodies, minds, spirits, emotions and relationships so that in his strength we can be transformed to reflect the glory of God the Father, in whose image we have all been created, and then will be empowered to live the healthy and fruitful life that God intended for each one of us. Hallelujah. 
Amen.